Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us again to a turn of events where we help put a positive spin on the future of your business. I'm Annette Nape, the CEO and creative director of Nape Productions. We are a strategic event company based in New York City. We specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit, and weddings. We do live, hybrid, and virtual events. Of course, right now we're doing a lot of virtual events. So if you are a fundraiser, a corporation, even a wedding, we can help you with your virtual event. We will help with all the strategy. We'll do some around what, how to take your live event to a virtual event. I also have a Facebook group for event planners. If you are an event planner and you are looking to start your own event planning business and you have absolutely no idea where to start, please reach out. Join us at Event Planner Society. That's my Facebook group where we are going to be talking all about events, what to, how to price yourself, how to talk to the client, what to, how should I market, how do I get clients, what should my contracts look like? All kinds of things. I'm going to be launching a free workshop. I'm, I'm super excited. It's going to be a five-day workshop. And you're not going to want to miss it. It's an hour a day. Definitely great information. I'm going to be giving all kinds of tips and to help you get the foundation of your business started. So come on over to Event Planner Society and I hope to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so my next guest is Sherry Goldman. She's a dear friend. We have worked on many events together and she's just fantastic. She's been in the business forever. Sherry is the founder and president of Goldman Communications Group, an award-winning public relations marketing communications agency. We are going to talk about best PR practices for your events. Sherry, welcome. Hi, Annette. It's good to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. So welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you, where you got started? And I know you've been in the business for 100 years. So. I started as a wee child, Annette. A wee child I started at. Yes, but I actually started in the media side of the business. I started in Channel 2 News, New York, okay. CBS TV, in the newsroom. In the newsroom, and from there, I went to trade journalism, and I was an editor on trade publications like National Jeweler. I was the fashion editor of Sporting Goods Business, worked on a lot of different trade publications, and then jumped into public relations. Worked at a lot of different agencies, senior vice president of two of the largest global agencies, Ruderfin and Roland, and 24 years ago, started my own company, Goldman Communications Group. So during that period of time, both when I was at other agencies and here, I've won a number of awards, the Silver Anvil Award, which is the industry's Oscar. I've won that twice. Once for a big event program, actually, it was the country's largest organized cleanup and recycling program with a million people every year in 100 markets for Glad and Keep America Beautiful. One for the Writers Guild of America, or agency of record for a lot of years, when the TV and film writers were on strike, handling right, right. all of their communications, but also handled the red carpet and the Writers Guild Awards for many years in New York, handled community relations for a municipal credit union, and that's everything from baseball games to getting outreach in the community to big events. You and I worked on a big event for them for their 100th yeah. Um, yeah. anniversary. So. A lot of corporate events, a lot of nonprofits. We work. We just worked with another client last week. You and I together on a nonprofit. I also teach public relations, so I teach public relations 
City College. So a good mix of practical and then helping mentor the next generation of people. Yeah, and you're, you just come up with stuff so quickly, but that's because you're an expert. So that's why we have you because I can't be an expert in everything. So I have to bring in a ton of vendors and Sherry is fantastic with all of that and the messaging and all that. So we're going to talk about public relations. Why don't we start with what is public relations? That's probably a great place to start because people think public relations is publicity, which is write a press release, get it out. Public relations is so much broader. It's creating that message and then it's communicating that message and how you're going to do that. Different audiences need different messages. So you might communicate that message once you decide what it is through publicity, which is getting that editorial coverage and print broadcast online media. But it's also social media. It's also things you own, like how are you writing about it on your website? How are you writing about it in your blogs or your e-newsletters or the annual report? It's community relations. Right. Events is actually public relations. When you're a nonprofit organization or a company and you're talking about how are you reaching your constituents, events is a piece of the puzzle. Events and conferences are pieces of the puzzle. So you're actually doing one piece of a public relations puzzle. And I have public relations companies contact me to help with that, the production side of an event. Because while we technically know what we want to achieve from it, we need to bring in an expert like you to handle all of the details from the logistics to, listen, you bring best practices. We may have three clients that need an event this in a year. You yeah. do 50 or 100, so you bring best practices to that that we just don't have. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So um, what are the top three things event planners should think about when making sure there is effective PR being done for the events they are organizing? Okay, first you need to understand your event and how it's going to be evaluated. I think as event planners, you for you, a successful event is probably, did it logistically go off without a hitch? Did every detail buttoned up? I dotted, T crossed, all of that. But how is the client, the organization, the nonprofit, evaluating the success of this event? Because that's the first thing to understand what it's supposed to achieve for them. Based upon that, you can decide what are PR best practices to bring to that puzzle. And that's going to vary from event to event. Once you do that, you can have a very clear call to action. Again, we're going to craft that message. We're going to have a call to action. Right. We want it to logistically be right, but the goal, what is the goal of the event is what we really make sure that we've hit the goal of their event, right? We've achieved. Yes. And clients may not articulate that to you because they may tell you our event is to make everybody happy. Our event is that people go away buzzing about it but maybe they didn't tell you it's about reputation maybe they didn't tell you it's about donations maybe they didn't tell you about they're trying to up one of their competitors maybe they didn't tell you that they're positioning their industry organization as the premier educational organization so that the content in this is what they have to promote they may not be giving you all the details because they're looking at you as an executional piece of the puzzle they're not doing themselves a service by doing that, but they may not be giving you all the pieces, all that pieces. So ask, because that will help you 
help them, you'll create a better event, understanding what they, how they're being evaluated by their board, by whomever. I tell the the people that I coach, the event planners that I coach, you have to ask all kinds of questions and write down. They'll start, let them talk because they're going to start rambling about things that you (laughs) don't think they need to tell you, but they're telling you and you hear it. And a lot of things I ask are what didn't work? What is, what's, What's, what are you nervous about? What are the issues that you think are, what are you anxious about? And so we make sure that we, we hit those points, especially when we're doing the, the proposal and putting that together. We want to make sure that we're covering all the points that they're nervous about or that didn't work last time, especially if this is a repeat event and it's a new client, you can you know ask questions about what didn't work because we want to make sure we change that and fix that for them because it could be something different for another client. Absolutely. And it may be more than the actual event. It could be the strategy was wrong. So, you know, elevate it up a piece. What worked last time? It it may not be the hotel. It may be, well, not we didn't get enough people or people didn't understand what we were doing or this. So, you know, we, we dovetail very nice with you, but they may not be articulating why they didn't know that it worked or didn't work. Yeah, yeah. So when should event planners start discussing with their clients the PR plan for the event and who should actually do the PR? They should start discussing it. I hate to, at least when you sign the contract, maybe in the negotiation piece of the puzzle. Wow. Because public relations, in essence, is marketing communications. So for an event to be successful, for them to go in it, you knock that event out of the park, they need to have marketed it well. And chances are the client is going to say they're responsible for marketing it. So if you understand that, you can either give them suggestions and or help them make recommendations, the best practices. Because if you're doing publicity outreach, you need to start doing that three months in advance. That means you need to back that up a month or six weeks to get strategy approved, to get materials written. So you're a good four or five months in advance based upon that. And of course, it's going to vary from event to event. Are we talking an annual fundraising gala versus a three-day industry conference that you might be doing that's more of an educational platform? So what's the difference? There's the marketing people. We have a marketing agency that comes in and helps. But I also know that you help with all the messaging. You do a lot of the messaging and you just did it. We just did a, a fundraising event and you wrote out this marketing plan. <laughs> and PR people sometimes do overlap in terms of we both do messaging. So the marketing people might do messaging, but they may do it more from a sales perspective. We're telling you about it right. and they probably don't necessarily have the execution for what they're going to do with those messages. So they can write a bunch of messages. But who are they trying to communicate with? Both marketing and PR people will take a step back, though, in addition to the messages and saying, who are you trying to reach? And you're going to say everyone. And there is no such audience as everyone. Yeah. Everybody hears what's in it. For me, everybody needs to have different things told to them. Because people are only going to move to action if it's important to them. Mm -hmm. So the more that you can understand the audiences and break it down to different audiences and how you can actionably reach them is important. If your client has a marketing person, fabulous, a marketing team, 
but they may or may not have one. They may be tired of well, marketing. They can look at is we have a logo. We have a slogan. Well, what's the message? What's the call to action? Okay. okay. So what does media look for when evaluating whether or not to cover an event? And this is always the biggest question we get. Like, how can we get media there and all of that? So what do they look for? Okay. Media looks for why do their readers or their viewers care? They're not evaluating whether or not you have a good event. And I think people take it way too personally. Yeah. They're evaluating whether or not their audience is going to be interested in this and care. Now, take one step back. If media is coming to cover the event, that means your coverage is happening after your event is over. So if they came to your event and they covered it and the story ran the next day, it's not going to sell tickets. Right. It's not going to help your fundraising that day. So why that may it still may be good. You can still leverage it. But maybe you want to look at pre-event media coverage and we can discuss how you get that. Maybe you don't need media per se to come to your event. Yeah. But yeah. you need to tell people and help people get awareness of it other ways. That's where social media comes in. That's where your email campaign. That's where content comes in. That's where blogs come in. That's where all pieces of public relations come into puzzle. I'm sorry, say that again, Annette. I couldn't hear you. What are some tips uh, to get the media to come to your event? Okay, so if you want, timing is everything, okay? There's lots of things going on. If you're doing an event on a Saturday night, the chances are they're not going to come. I ran red carpets every Saturday night for years for the Writers Guild. TV stations have one crew, one. They're going to cover whatever the breaking news is that night. They're not coming. Okay, the newspaper probably has no staff that night. They're not putting people on overtime. Right. So timing is everything. If you're doing something at six o'clock at night, that's when the cruise shift or, or live things. If you are doing an event that they might want to come, you can't tell them it starts at seven and it runs at 10. You've got to give them 15 minute. What's the best 15 minute window? that they're going to get everything they need. In that 15-minute window, you're going to facilitate three interviews and they're going to get to see X, Y, and Z because maybe they're more apt to come then. Right, okay? right. Another way, if you're looking for a broadcaster or a reporter, is perhaps you can ask one of their reporters and or anchors to be the MC for the event. That station might come and cover the event. It means nobody else will cover it, but you're guaranteed to get one. The other thing is if the media doesn't come, ask them if they'll take photos and or B-roll so you can shoot your own video. Now, you have to get it to them that night yeah, or the latest yeah. the next morning because they're in the news business. Right. And right. so for what is B-roll? B-roll is just footage. So you don't have to have it. It's not a packaged piece of story, but it's you shoot your own video. You might shoot some interviews. And then you give them that uncut raw footage that they can use. But in the case of news media, print or broadcast, timing is, is of the essence. And how soon will you be reaching out to the media about the event? Media to come and cover an event will not tell you till that day. They will not even plan till that day. So they put it in a planning file. 
you should send it ahead of time. You should call and make sure it's in the planning file. And they may tell you an hour ahead of time that they're thinking about it. Okay. If it's print, you have a little bit further advanced that you can call a reporter. That being said is perhaps there's a way that you can give them an interview ahead of time so that they can pre-promote the event. If you've got a celebrity or your chairman of the board of your executive director and they're talking, you're talking about a topic that's relevant, perhaps you can see if they're willing to book an interview a week ahead of time to pre-promote it. Again, they're not coming to cover it, but they're talking about the event. There's lots of different phases for public, for publicity. Mm-hmm. Okay, just don't focus on getting them there because it may not help you. Again, if you try to sell tickets, it's too late. Hoda Copy was, she came and did this short little, I guess she was the MC, like a keynote, but she really came on for 10 minutes. And But she got the crowd. It was exciting. It was, it was a good uh, celebrity to bring in. And then she was on the Today Show. So they did a clip for it on the Today Show the next morning and talked about the event, which was great for us. They didn't mention my company, but they talked about Step Up, which is the organization that we did the event for, the fundraiser. So again, it was the next day. It's nice to have that for your next event, but. Exactly, that, and that's good. Now, you don't have to do Hot Coffee, which is national. Find your local newscaster. Find a local reporter that has an interest in the topic that you are. If you're a breast cancer organization, there's a local reporter that, that has had breast cancer. That right. might be more apt to ask them to come, honor them, give them an award, ask them to be an MC, ask them to take part. Again, their station is more apt to cover their participation. No other station will come and cover it, but chances are you're not getting four stations to come and cover, especially yeah. a nonprofit gala. So it's guaranteed you'll have one station's worth of coverage. Then make it work for you, leverage it, put it on your website, send it out on your social media. Put content. So excited. We were just on Channel 7. Check out the link here. Keep making it work for you. And a lot of my fundraisers do bring in newscasters to MC and, and, you know, be the host of the event. So that reason. Okay, so what is PESO? Am I saying that right? P-E-S? Yes. (laughs) What is PESO model and how do you use it to get maximum results? Okay, so the PESO model is the four pillars, in essence, of public relations. P is paid, E is earned, S is shared, and O is owned. So paid is what paid media are you doing? Are you doing advertising? Or perhaps this also falls into it, if you've got social media content, if you pay to boost it, if you pay to sponsor content, native content, but sponsored content on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, that's paid. You have paid for that. The E is earned media. That is publicity. That is the media you pitch, okay? That is what you pitch and you hope they cover. And again, it doesn't have to be coming to the event. It could be pre-event. It could be getting calendar listings. There's lots of different things. S is shared. That is your social media. That is putting up interesting content on your social media, it could be text, could be videos, could be infographics that people will then share because I know if I post something and Annette likes it, maybe her audience will see it. If I'm fortunate enough that she shares it, then I exponentially have increased my audience, okay? And things can go viral, but they at least share. 
And then O is owned. Events are owned. That's something a company or an organization does. That is a piece they own. What else do they own? They own their website. They own blogs. They own things that they write. That they E-newsletters. Don't forget e-newsletters and email marketing. You own that. Keep using that. So those four pillars together is what any successful event, any successful organization or company should be doing instead of just relying on one thing. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. And you touched a little bit on this before, but let's talk about messaging. There's a lots of different, you've got to make sure that your messaging is right for the right audience. So you want to touch a little bit on that? Sure. Everybody hears in it what's in it for me. I think particularly nonprofits or organizations say, we want to tell you why you should come. You know, we want to tell you we're here. We want to tell you to donate. We want to tell you to buy tickets. Why should I care? Yeah. So what's in it? for me. So why should I donate? Maybe if you $10 donation will help feed a family of three for a week. I might feel good about that instead of maybe my attendance at your conference will give you access to network with the five top earners in this industry. Or this attendance at this conference will give you the ability to do to meet X, Y, and Z keynotes and take away activity insights. So tell me why I should care. Don't tell me why you're good. Don't tell me why you're worthy. Tell me why I should hear it, why I should care. And it's different things for different people, which is why you can't have one message for all. Right. So if you're a nonprofit, your donors, we're doing the gallery. It's our annual donor, you know, but maybe it's people who are on your list, but are not donors. How are they going to choose to give you money or buy tickets? Make them feel good about what they're doing. Help them understand that their participation is helping them. Right. Why should they buy attend? Why should they buy tickets to come to a conference? How is this educational platform going to help them in their careers? And I know that, Annette, because you do that. Yes, that's you message that all the time. Yes, yes. Okay, so if you require media coverage, do you still need to do PR for it? Yes, because public relations is more than media coverage. Public relations is the whole thing. So public relations, just because you don't want media to come, doesn't mean people don't need to know about it. Again, what's your objective? To generate awareness, generate attendance, generate donations, sell tickets. So social media yeah, is yeah. part of public relations. How are you messaging it in your ask to sell tickets? or to participate in a live auction? How are you messaging it to get people to sponsor or come? It's all public relations. How are you merchandising it after the fact and talking about it so next year more people will want to come? Public relations. It's super important. Okay, so I know that press release it, it is cost-effective way to do PR just to post a press release on these sites. Is it cost-effective? Save your money. <laughs> there, there are sites like PR Web where you pay for $99 to post a press release. That just means you have posted a press release that if somebody is Googling you, in addition to finding your website, they could find this press release. It's another link. Those sites do not push releases out to media. So do you need to do that? Post it on your website. I don't think you need to pay for that. There are certainly more expensive sites that push it out to media, 
but you're not going to pay thousands of dollars for that. And again, for an event, you don't need that. Be targeted. You probably have a, a or develop a media list, work with a PR person for your industry trade media. They should come. If you're sending it to a newspaper, who is that beat reporter who's going to cover that topic that might be interested? So you really have to be much more targeted. Save your money just to post. So what what purpose of a press release and when should we send the press release out? A press release is to tell news. So it depends upon what the news is, right? You you send out a press release in advance to say you are having an event. Who's going to run it? It depends upon who the event is. If it's an industry conference, you send it out three months in advance to the industry media. That's great because they may run it and that may help you get attendees. Yeah. Okay. A press release, then you have to do another press release because it's sharing news after the event. If you want to say how much donations you've got or the results of the conference, that's after the fact. But again, why are you sending it and who are you sending it to? A press release is just a tool. It's a communications tool to achieve something else. Okay, good. And then or I know we said it at different times. So do you want to touch on that? Say that again and then I couldn't hear you. Do you send the press release out before the event? After it's a different press release. It's a total different press release. So the press release, if you send one out ahead of time, has to be that you're having the event. Okay. And with a quote, and this is going to happening, your goal is, I guess, to get media to write about the event going to happen, if they will do that. The press release you send out after the effect is after the event is a recap event to talk about what you achieved at the event. They are different press releases. Okay, good. That's great. So how does change? We have a big issue, so I can, for some reason, I'm hearing myself. Yeah, I hear you on and off, so that's why I asked a couple times. Sorry. I don't know what's going on. Technology, there you go. All right, so how does all this change for virtual events in our COVID world versus in-person events? So is any of this changed, and what is the difference if there is any? Yeah, some of it changes. I think, number one, certainly if you're a nonprofit or doing events for nonprofit, there's no event to invite the media to. Right. The media is not going to sit through a virtual conference. Exactly. So forget the pre-event thing. They're probably not even going to promote that that there's a virtual conference and there's less calendar listings. Right. Okay? You might do a post-event press release. If you are an industry conference, you still should do that press release. You still can invite them because if it's an industry educational conference, industry trade media will still cover it. That is their beat. Yeah. But so while you relied less on earned media publicity, you need to spend more focus on social media. You need to spend more focus on owned media, your emails, your blogs, your website, because that's now going to help you generate the awareness and push instead of relying on the media to be a messenger. So just this focus of where you do your public relations changes, but you still need it, but it's different. Yeah. Media is yeah. not going to sit through a virtual event. I, I can't imagine what would be if we didn't have virtual because... <laughs> There would literally be lots of phone calls. 
would be a very lonely existence right now with COVID. I mean, people feel lonely as it is, but for us to be able to get on virtually is just... Oh, it's it's, for, it's a lifesaver for me. There's no question. As alone as I am, it's been great. I've done, listen, I've done all the holidays on Zoom. I've done that. For organizations, it's helped them have continuity. Had we not had the ability to do virtual events like you're doing it at, organizations' donations would have plummeted, and there would have been a year with an abrupt stop. So even though from an organizational standpoint, it might be different, maybe the, the fundraising differences or the educational value slightly different, to be able to have the continuity, to be able to still get something, the op- to keep your reputation in place is still critical. And, and so I think it's been a lifesaver. Yeah, it helped for my business, that's for sure. I'm all virtual at this point, but uh, we're doing some hybrid too, but it's it's very small, limited. It's really just hybrid is basically just the crew, the team, and that's it. Like there's 10 of us or 13 or whatever, very small crew, but thank God, because I don't know what we would be doing. So it's just a little crazy. So how, what else besides publicity should we do to promote our event? And I know you touched on this, but I kind of want to break that down again. Okay, so let's talk. You need to tell a story of your event. So it's not enough to say we're having an event. Tell people why they should care. I'll take hospitals, for example, and they do the commercials. They don't say the hospital's there. They show the commercials with the lovely child who says, I was so sick and I went to six doctors and they couldn't help me. And then I found doctors who took out all my organs and put one back because I remember that one at the top of my head. And now I'm fine. So tell the story, use people, use the people that your organization impacts, use the people who your educational platform has helped to come to tell your story and create content around that. Use short videos on social media and on your website. Do messaging around that. Again, messaging, we help so-and-so do this your attendance, you can be the next. So tell a story. Just don't say we're here. Just don't say buy a ticket. Just don't say give us money. Tell us why we should care. Tell us how that's going to help me. If you tell a story to the media, if you tell a story to an audience, they're more apt to move. Your goal is to move them to action, to change behavior. Your action may be donate. Your action may buy a ticket. Your action may be attend. Your action may be to tell others. Your action may But your goal is to have some result. What is the ultimate result you want? And then work backwards from that. Right. And pulling up is a good thing. Every time, especially if you're a nonprofit. Every time. Yeah, that's why we're pulling everybody up that they donate for. And feel good about their donation because if they think their donation is too small, they may go, it doesn't matter. So if your $10 or $20 donation is going to do X, Y, Z, they can feel good about that. Why are they going to choose you versus somebody else? So, too. So, right now, engagement is a big deal because of virtual. So, we have sent out, we send out gala boxes with the company branding, with the foundation branding, and then there's fun elements in it. So, at certain levels, you can buy a ticket, let's say, for $250, and you get a gift box. For $500, you'll get a, a chef that cooks you meals and delivers the meal to you while you're, you know, before you're watching, so you can get it before you watch the event. Or you get a, a $1,000 ticket and you get a fancier. And supporting restaurants right now is a great way to help them out because obviously they're hurting. It's really bad right now, especially in New York. 
So we just did this for an event recently. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, but they get something and they enjoy it. And that's that feel good thing. That's what's in it for them. They're not just sitting home and watching a Zoom, okay? They're feeling like they're part of the experience because I think the piece of the puzzle that the event industry lost, and I know that so many of your events was, what was that experience? I walked into a ballroom. I walked into a conference and you were immersed in an environment. So that's the piece that's the hardest to replicate in our virtual world. So things like that, anything that helps you replicate that. Right. The one level, they got dinner, fancy, very expensive French restaurant with a bottle of Marion, and it was delivered by like the, the chef. Delivered. It was really they were dressed. It was really nice. Sounds fabulous. I like that. Four thousand bucks. It cost us, uh, you know, some money to for the to purchase it, but there was a significant amount of money that went to the foundation, and so they got something. So it's very challenging as a virtual event. To you know, try to do things that are engaging. Obviously, entertainment's good, and I'm touching on these things just to give people ideas of what to do. But it's challenging. You and I worked on that one gala for the yes. credit union, and it was 1,400 people. There was the employees. It was a hundred year anniversary, and it was fantastic. Like they went all out. They spent it. Money. <laughs> Those are our favorite clients, but. <laughs> It was so much fun. It was such a great night. And And that's an example of an event that we really didn't need media to come. So we wanted the industry trade to come because the industry trade had come. And actually, I'd worked out with the New York Daily News that did an insert, a whole section, and the trade came. Weren't looking for media to come. That was for employees. How did they tell their story afterwards? On the company intranet. Yeah. And through trade media. So it depends upon what your purpose of your event is. A nonprofit is certainly something different. My industry, the public relations industry, had to do their conference virtual. It was supposed to be in Nashville. It's a four-day event. They had to do it all virtually. The industry would cover it, but certainly media wouldn't. So it's a different perspective. But they had to make sure that everybody in the industry knew what was going on. So maybe now you can get best practices afterwards. You missed the conference virtually? Buy a, buy a session. You can watch a session by session if you want. Yeah, that's okay. And they're pushing it out on their social media. They're pushing it on things. So you need to still communicate just different ways. Yeah. PR yeah. is communication, not just publicity. Yeah, and that's a good thing. If somebody watch your event and educational pieces from it, you can sell, upsell those courses or whatever it is and make more money. So it's another way to do it. Get in and now. Remember- Remember, whatever you do this year, you're going to you're going to be able to leverage for next year, whether it's like now we're back in person next year or we figure next year we're going to do a hybrid. You're going to take what you did and amp it up for next year and merchandise. Yeah, you always sell against the previous year. Just so you know, I had several fundraisers. I did one a couple weeks ago and they made a half a million dollars. They hit their goal. And then one we did a week ago, they did $160,000 and their goal was a hundred. So we, we're, people are donating to the causes because they already have donors that give. So don't be afraid that we're not going to, it's not going to be successful. You don't want to just, you know, do nothing. You should do something because this is the world we're in right now. So you, people are making money from their events. So just know that it's possible. 
Let me just say something about that in terms of messaging, because people feel, well, last year we said we raised $250,000. How can we tell them that this year we raised $150,000? You don't need to say that because, number one, you might have netted the same because your costs are a virtual event, and there are costs, but I'm sure Annette can tell you that there are less costs. There are. um, Or there are lower costs, I should say. But all you have to do is message it that you exceeded your goals. Nobody needs to know the exact thing. And that includes putting it in the annual report. That includes putting it on your website. That includes a press release. You exceeded your goals. You did X, Y, Z. You had hundreds of people attend your virtual conference. Give people a context. They don't need to know absolute numbers. So you can message it successful, which it is, without saying comparatively how many people our clients have been very happy with the results and you don't know going in everybody's nervous you don't what's going to happen so it's great all right so what are some key point message points and timing to reach key audience such as past attendees your list general public sponsors okay so past attendees as soon as you're going to send it out and say save that date we know you were participating last year. Don't worry, we're still having it, and now you can come from your home, particularly if it's a virtual. Tell them to put it on their calendar. Because those are the people, especially if you're a nonprofit, you want those donations. That's going to lock in your base level, that your revenue stream. Okay? And if you're an industry conference, those are the people that would have paid to come. Now we're going to pay less, but you want them to block off that time. Your entire list, again, it depends upon who that list is. That list may be potent, people who donated but didn't come to your gala. That's one set of messages. Mm-hmm. That might be anybody you've been trying to hit for 14 years, yeah. you know, but maybe they didn't live in New York, so they weren't going to come to the gala. So your message just for them is this is your first year to attend because you can attend from where you are. No need to get on a plane. That message is not going to work for people who are in New York. So you have to segment your list. Right. For a virtual event, unlike an in-person event, you don't have to start as far in advance because people don't have to book plane tickets and hotel reservations or clear their calendars. Chances are it's one hour or an hour and a half in an evening. It's really easy for people to participate. And people are not going to put that on their calendar four months in advance or remember they had a Zoom meeting. So you could be tighter for a virtual event than you would be for a regular event. For an in-person event, if you're looking to get media or be in calendar listings, know that calendar listings online sometimes have requirements that the event has to be submitted 45 days in advance. And anything less than that, they won't accept. So you need to get that information to calendar listing ahead of time so that you would be in those databases. And so what are calendar listings? Calendar listings are things like the New York Daily News has events in our area. And you'd obviously click on charity or educational and put the specifics where, when, why, how, ticket sales and your website. So if somebody were searching for that, your event would be listed as an option. Calendar listings have been few and far between now because company like New York One, which used to have so many of them, is not listing virtual events. So they have no events because they're not having anybody fun to do with the family this weekend. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, keep in mind, I should say one thing, deadline. If you're talking to trade media to get them to come or cover, 
they work on a monthly deadline and they put out a monthly publication. So if your conference is October and you get to them in the middle of September, you have missed the October issue if you're trying to sell tickets. So you need to let them know in July so maybe they can write a story or interview in a feature that would run in the September issue. They'll also post it on their website, but you have to be mindful of their deadlines. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, definitely yeah. professional who knows who to reach out to is always key. Even, you know, anybody can, people can say, oh, I can play at an event, but someone who's connected to the industry, connected to the vendors, I'm going to pay them so much money and you're going to save a lot of time and effort and you're going to get to the right people are much quicker by working. Absolutely. And they have things they need to do. If they're spending their time figuring out and handling all the logistics and there's a million things on your checklist, particularly that it's closed, or if they're trying to figure out how to develop media lists and do media outreach or, or social media content, then they're not doing their jobs. So right. I would just say, Factor in some budget for the event planner, factor in some budget for marketing communications, public relations, and know that's exponentially going to take your event to the next level. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you want because goal, your goals will be achieved and succeeded better. And I know this is a hard question because you just said factor in the budgets, but what should someone expect to budget in for hiring someone as a PR person? You know, it's really hard to say, and and I don't want to do that. It depends upon the nature of what our work is going to be. Are we just doing publicity? Are we doing the whole thing? Certainly, we work. It's based upon time, similar to what yours is. But I will tell you one thing. We, we do a preliminary meeting with people. We understand we give them a project fee for that. So, And they understand what all the deliverables are and the work that's involved. We always go beyond that, as you well know from last week's event. But they know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just you know that you people will work within your budget. So if you say I have five thousand dollars, then we'll tell you this is what you can get for five thousand. I was just gonna say, tell us what you have. You know, we'll tell you what it is. I always like to ask for a budget. You know, right. and we'll tell you what we should do. But tell us what it is, and we'll tell you the, how to prioritize what we can do for that. Maybe there are things you can handle yourself, but what should you have us handle? Yeah. So sponsorships are very important to events, especially nonprofits. Are there public relations things that you can do or offer to help potential sponsors jump on board? Absolutely. Just remember, sponsors are like audiences. So what's in it for me? They are getting hit by every organization to sponsor. Why should they sponsor this organization or this cause? So think of a few things. How does your mission align with their mission? That'll make them more apt, okay? Mm -hmm. Why is their audience going to care? Their audience is their customers. Their audience is their employees. Besides putting your logo, their logo everywhere, which you're going to do, what's the value add? So are you putting them in press materials? And are you doing pre and post event press materials? Can you put them in social media and for different platforms, maybe for bronze sponsorship, you get two social media posts. Maybe for the gold level, you get five social media posts, one of which is a video, because now you're exponentially helping them. Can you give them a speaking platform or an opportunity to be part of a panel if it's an educational thing? Or can you give their CEO an award or a recognition? What can you do to make it value for them because 
I think too many organizations think if they like our mission, they're going to do it. And they just can't. If you're a company and you've got 100 employees, you have 100 employees asking you to sponsor 100 different organizations because everyone is important to them. Plus, So it's about evaluating what makes sense for their mission. But the more that you can show them how you're going to promote them, how their mission is aligned with you and create sponsorship levels and tiers through that, the better app you'll be able to close some deals. Yeah, that's And then how can I use influencers to promote my event? Okay, influencers are very interesting. Too many, many years ago, they would just take some free stuff, but now they're looking to build their audiences. So influencers usually like to be paid for them to promote, but they also need to give their followers something. A little tougher in a virtual event than a real event where perhaps you invited the influencer on free tickets, but they're going to want to raffle off three things to their audience. Okay. So it's more than tickets. So maybe it's tickets in a swag bag. Maybe it's tickets and a meet and greet with X, Y, and Z. Right. So give them something in exchange with some payment. They'll create content that you can approve that they'll promote. Knowing that though, Think of the timeline. If they're going to run this contest to get three of their followers to win swag bags of your stuff, you've got to get to them six, eight weeks in advance. Yes. So you can, they can start pitching, think about it, create the content, run it, have it done. So you've got to back that up month. But make sure that influencer is reaching an audience you need to reach for your conference. Yes. Because it's yes. going to cost you. Yeah. And you want to make sure those people are going to benefit. Yeah, that's super important. It's great. Such great advice. Always help me so much, so much with my events. So how can people reach you? And what, oh. you have a little something that you're going to offer my audience. I do. I don't, I am offering your audience a free 15 minute consult. Okay. That's fine. So I'm doing that. They could reach me up. Oh, it looks like it's on the screen. So my email is Sherry, S-H-E-R-Y, at goldmanpr.net. Or sh- jump onto the Contact Us page on our website, which is goldmanpr.net, and tell me you saw me on Annette's show. And happy to set up a time to talk. And, of course, follow me on social media. Yeah. And you're under your name or your company name or... Um, the company on Facebook is Goldman Communications Group. It's more personal on Twitter, which is Sherry Goldman PR. And we're on LinkedIn, too. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And that it's been great. Thank you for having me. Always fun to chat with you. I just and work with you. <laughs> of course, always. So, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. We are not going to be here next week because it is Thanksgiving. And I would want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. I know it's a little little crazy now and not being able to get with all of our families but hopefully you are spending it with your loved ones or just enjoying the day and have a wonderful happy thanksgiving we'll be back the following week and have a great week talk to you soon bye-bye